You are now listening to the people of digital marketing with your host, me, Kenny Soto. This podcast is your source for marketing strategies, tactics, and most importantly, career advice from the best digital marketers in the world. From B2B to B2C, startups to Fortune 500 companies, and everything in between, I interview experts in marketing so that we can grow to become better marketers together. If you're a marketer who wants a leg up in this space, well, guess what? You're in the right place. Thanks for tuning in. Somebody shared with me an anecdote that somebody had told them. This was back when I was in business school, so I was probably five or six years into my career. And what they shared was, um, in your 20s, you want to learn. In your 30s, you want to earn. In your 40s, you want power. And in your 50s, it's about legacy. So I was in my late 20s. I thought about that. It really resonated. I check myself every couple years or couple months and just think about where I'm at in my own career journey. But I've always, since I heard that, had this eye towards the legacy aspect. You just heard a clip from our latest podcast guest on episode 103, Julia Griffith. Who's Julia? Always want to believe in bringing her whole self to work. Julia knows that the marketer who is deliberate in the purpose of their work will have the greatest impact. Earlier in her career, personal circumstances helped Julia define her own purpose. She has learned how to drive more impactful outcomes by being on purpose throughout her career in healthcare. Julia believes marketers who find their own purpose can enjoy professional success and personal satisfaction because of the way they do their work. She is currently a marketing leader at Genentech and formerly a marketing director at Pfizer. Add Julia on today because I wanted to dive a little deeper into the world of pharmaceuticals, healthcare, and the medical industry. But more importantly, she's a marketing leader that has a lot to share on what is the purpose of being a marketer in the first place? How do you make this career fulfilling for yourself? Which is the theme of this episode. Of course, marketing as a function is important because it helps sell products and services. But as a marketer, we all have to figure out if this is the right job for us. And I think this interview can help answer that question for whoever's listening. Certainly helped me realize that I love this profession and I'm going to keep doing it based on the conversation that we had. Without further ado, let's tune in. Hi, Julia. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Kenny? I'm doing very good. We are now plus 100 episodes in the People Digital Marketing Podcast. And I'm very excited to talk to you today for several reasons. But before we get into that, I think a great place for us to start is just to get some more context on you, Julie, as a professional. So why don't you go ahead and tell us how did you get into marketing in the first place? Yeah. So growing up, I thought I was going to be a physician. And not to get into too many details, but that led, led me down a path of um, science and healthcare. And I found myself in the pharmaceutical industry. So starting as what they used to call carrying the bag. And I would go from doctor's office to doctor's office talking about the different features and benefits of our medicines. And I did that for a couple of years. And then um, I wanted to get into broader business aspects of healthcare. And I had a really fortunate opportunity to work for a very large, at the time, it was the largest pharmaceutical brand um, 
in headquarters and started working in marketing. And it really clicked for me. I just loved being able to take everything that I knew from working directly with customers and apply it in a broader sense. And that led me down a path of, you know, different opportunities to get into different aspects of marketing. So the first one that you usually start in when you come from the field in pharmaceuticals is marketing to HCPs. So that's how do you translate the clinical data and the label that you have with the FDA into information that can help HCPs or healthcare providers make decisions about which medicines to treat their patients with. And then you can go in lots of different directions. But for me, I'd always been interested in the patient aspect for a couple of reasons. One, the patient is what it's all about. Um, the second reason is, you know, just this is a digital marketing podcast. And when you think about the marketing that you can do and the reach that you can have, patients or consumers is where you have the biggest group of people to provide information to. And I also, you know, being a recipient of healthcare for myself and my family, believe that as a patient, you want to be informed. And so I've been able to move into different areas of patient marketing, and it's been really rewarding from both the patient healthcare aspect, but also from a technical aspect and the different types of marketing that you're able to do. You're the first marketer that I've had on the podcast that works in the healthcare industry. What, from your perspective, are some of the unique challenges that you face as a marketer in your particular industry? It's a really great question. One of the most obvious ones is that you're in a highly regulated industry. But I think the other consideration that you face in healthcare marketing is ethical evaluation of how you can market responsibly when you think about healthcare. And I think it's a benefit in some ways because I started in this industry at the beginning of my career, and it's always caused me to evaluate how my ethics and values line up with the work that I'm doing. But I think it's something that you're always considering. And the benefit of being in healthcare and being in a highly regulated industry like this is that you're working with colleagues and cross-functional partners who are always proposing different questions that might make you think a little bit differently about how you're marketing. And so I'm a pretty big believer in getting lots of feedback along the way. Um, taste and tone is a really big thing. And you always want to have different perspectives that cause you to pressure test what you're going to market with. I've asked guests in the past whether they believe it's important to specialize in a role or to be a generalist. What I want to ask you is, to what degree are you finding benefits from being in one industry throughout your entire career? Interesting. Um, for me, the commitment to healthcare is based on the purpose that I started my career with, which was healthcare and helping people in that medical realm. But for me, it's also become somewhat personal given circumstances that have happened both with my father and with my son. And so for me, there's really no question about it. I, I will be honest about it, that I think there is so much to learn from reading about other industries. And I'm especially right now fascinated with CPG, consumer packaged goods. Um, we were at the beach the other day and we met the, well, I shouldn't say, but the founder of a very specialized ice cream company. 
who was based out of Columbus when he started it. And, you know, Columbus is where you have like big CPG brands. And it just got me thinking. I think there's a lot that you can learn from keeping your eyes and ears and your network open and being curious about other industries. But for me, the benefit is that there's a personal purpose and I feel like I'm able to keep a commitment that I've had to myself by staying in this industry. Before we dive into some other questions that I want to go into, can you give us more context into your current role today? Yeah, so um, I, I work in the patient realm. I do DTC marketing and we work for the brands that I work on, um, they're very big markets. And so we do mass advertising for patients. And that means that we work across different channels. So not just your, you know, like baseline digital channels, but we also do um, DTV, um, direct TV, TV consumer advertising and use both linear TV and nonlinear TV. Marketing, in my opinion, is one of the best professions anyone can ever get into, but finding your purpose in marketing can be a little difficult, especially when you're first starting off in your career. What does being on purpose mean to you? So being on purpose to me is that you understand the decisions that you've made to get to where you're at and have an eye towards the future and what you want to accomplish. Um, I think when you're first starting out, it's really hard to know what your purpose is. And I think that's really okay. And I guess one thing that I would want to message is that really it's okay. You, you're figuring things out. Um, some of us have different things that happen to us growing up that help us realize our purpose earlier in life. And some of us don't, or maybe are unaware of the different circumstances that we've gone through that will eventually help us realize our purpose. Somebody shared with me an anecdote that somebody had told them. This was back when I was in business school. So I was probably five or six years into my career. And what they shared was um, in your 20s, you want to learn. In your 30s, you want to earn. In your 40s, you want power. And in your 50s, it's about legacy. So I was in my late 20s. I thought about that. It really resonated. I checked myself every couple years or couple months and just think about where I'm at in my own career journey. But I've always, since I heard that, had this eye towards the legacy aspect, right? It, you know, when I was starting my career, we had Enron scandal, different things were happening in the healthcare industry that made me very aware of different ethical dilemmas that people could face and the decisions that they might make that would cause them to get into some type of quagmire which could lead to a negative legacy. And I was really cognizant of that and didn't want that to happen. That being said, I had to go through some personal journeys to understand what my purpose was. And like I shared earlier, I think that my purpose today is to be able to impact healthcare. Right now I'm focused on neuroscience, but that could evolve. I think that we can all evolve our purpose, but it's having that initial purpose and eye towards the future and your legacy and then continuing to iterate on it. Do you think marketers can realize their purpose no matter the company they're in or the industry they're currently in? I think they can. I think it can help to work for a mission-driven organization, but you're going to maximize that opportunity if you have some perspective on what your personal values are as you're developing that purpose. 
Is becoming a marketing executive, VP of marketing, head of marketing, CMO, et cetera, the only path a marketer can take? I don't think so. I think marketing is a, I will say this before I answer the question. Um, I always tell people that I don't think being a great marketer is about the amount of schooling you've had, the number of experiences you've had. I think it's about being able to solve problems. So I think marketing is a great training ground for identifying opportunities, taking insights and information you have about your market or your target customer, the value prop of whatever it is that you're promoting, and being able to triangulate, put all those pieces together and come up with a path forward. In different aspects of marketing, like in healthcare, marketing is where a lot of strategy sits. And so you're constantly dealing with different dilemmas and solving problems. And you're solving problems that are about how people are going to be able to access healthcare. And so that can be really rewarding. But I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I think no matter which industry you're in, marketing can be a really great start for helping you get into the mind of the customer and be able to solve those business problems in a purposeful way. I recently came across a term called executive presence, and yeah. I aspire to be a marketing executive one day, but to be honest, I don't know what kind of path to take to get there. I have some idea of the skills and specifically the soft skills I need in order to be a, a, a team leader, but I want to know from your perspective, what are those soft skills and or hard skills that marketers should be developing now if they do intend to be an executive one day? Yeah, um, I can sh share what my journey has been and the soft skills that I think have helped me be a better leader and a better marketer. But I do want to caution, I think everyone has their own behaviors, personality, um, experiences, and things that will end up honing what their secret sauce is. So I think high level, the secret or the opportunity in terms of executive presence is the pause. Are you listening? Are you giving people space? Are you allowing space and being open, not only in that presence, but in your mind so that you're welcoming different opinions, different perspectives? We all have something to bring to the table. Now, when I think about my own journey, I would say that the soft skills that I've honed in on are empathy. When I was early in my career, I was probably much more technical and tactical and all about executing. Um, I'm assertive, but I've realized through time that empathy and that space and welcoming other voices in is what makes for the best output. I don't have all the answers. Nobody does. And I don't have a lot of patience for people who think that they do. Um, I also think it's really important to have those soft skills and, and be welcoming of those other voices. People will manage it in different ways. Like I mentioned, I am a little bit assertive. And what that translates to in this evolved Julia, who's a little bit softer in her presence, is that I will be very transparent and provide real-time feedback, but I'm doing it to help, not to assert power, right? It's it's something that um, I want people to do. I want people to be transparent with me. I think we can get to 
better solutions faster if we're all being transparent, being honest, speaking with candor. What's the value of being intentional in your marketing? So I think you need to know what you're trying to drive. Um, are you just trying to sell the product or is there an opportunity in that promotion? So like, I'll give you an example. When we think about healthcare, the COVID pandemic has elevated our awareness of health inequities, which means that we all have an opportunity to promote health equity. How do we do that? Well, it depends on which market you're working in, what your target population is, what your different prevalence or like epidemiologic data are pointing to in terms of the opportunity around health equity. But there's a huge opportunity to be representative of different populations, whether that's like race, ethnicity, age, gender, like social demographics, and do that in a really credible way. So to me, that's one aspect of intentional marketing. The other aspect is that you're trying to have that right taste and tone, right? So we're talking digital marketing here. I mean, there is a lot of good stuff in the digital marketing space, but there are also a lot of opportunities for being responsible and being intentional in how we do that. Why does authentic engagement matter in marketing? For me, authentic engagement means that you're keeping an eye towards that customer. So it's not just that you are trying to sell the product. If you want to authentically engage the customer, you want to represent them in a way that is realistic to their life. And I, I won't go into specifics, but there have definitely been big. I mean, I think at, at the end of every Super Bowl, you have all the really good campaigns that launch, but you also have some big ahas around where the mark might have been missed. And so I would I would point all of us to think that way when we think about what that um opportunity is and just how we're representing people. It's really important when you realize that mass marketing, digital marketing, share of voice, sharing the same message over and over again. Yeah, that's going to drive your product, but you want to be responsible in the way that you're doing it. You want to have the right taste and tone, and you also want to be representative in a really credible way. Do you spend any time observing what your competitors are doing? Yes. Now, when you are doing competitive analysis, what are the specific things that you're looking for? The things that I just mentioned, like taste and tone. Um, when I'm thinking about the digital space or different media channels, I want to see where they're engaging, where they're investing. I also want to see what their, we call it QTI, quality target indexes. Are they hitting the right demographic? Are they hitting at a frequency that we think is the optimal frequency? And you ask the question, do you pay attention? The answer is yes. But I'm also a really big believer in doubling down on what you're doing and focusing on your own strategy and feeling really confident in that. So when I say yes, I'm aware of what my competition is doing. I'm probably spending 10% of my time thinking about that. There are different times in the media planning cycle that I might spend a little bit more time or ask our media partners to do a little bit deeper analysis so that we can think through the strategies. Now, I mentioned earlier that I don't always have the answer and I don't expect my whole team to always have the answer. So I would be remiss if I didn't want to know what my competition was doing and look at something that they might be tracking that we're not thinking about 
and then do a really critical evaluation of whether or not we think that's a good strategy or we think maybe they're not quite sure what they're doing. So I do pay attention. Um, there are different parts in the planning cycle where I might pay a little bit of extra attention. Two more questions for you. What's the biggest marketing challenge your team is facing this year? Without going into details, I would say the, the regulations of our industry. We have to be super, super responsible to make sure that any claims we're putting out into the market match our label. So um, that's our prescribing information. And I think that that always can be a black box about, and I don't mean black box in the pharmaceutical or FDA sense. I mean black box in terms of you don't know what type of safety signal might come up. You don't know, like, you just don't know. You don't know when you're going to get a new indication. You should know when you're going to get a new indication, but you don't always know how that's going to manifest in the label and how you're going to have to map back to the claims that you're making out to the market. I used to work in fintech and we always had to pass a lot of our campaigns through legal just so that we didn't get flagged by the SEC. Do you think because of the regulations in your industry, some of your campaigns or maybe just the business that overall when it comes to marketing has to move a lot slower compared to businesses in other industries? I think it's hard to answer considering that I haven't been directly involved in campaigns from other industries. That makes sense. Now, Julia, my last question for you is hypothetical because time machines don't exist. But if they did, and you can go back in time about 10 years into the past, knowing everything you know today, how would you specifically accelerate the speed of your career? Uh, it's such a good question. I would have taken more risks. I would have um, been more open-minded when people came to me with different opportunities, recognizing that I had agency to say no if I wasn't willing to take the risk. But I would have been more open-minded in the sense of listening to what the opportunities were and just really trying to gauge that. I um, have been fortunate. I've worked for really big, reputable organizations. And part of that was by choice. My parents had their own business and it was wonderful, right? Like my upbringing was wonderful and, and I would say it was somewhat privileged, but they were always dealing with the issues that one deals with as a small business owner. And so I think to some extent, I'm a little bit risk averse and I wish that, I, I'm not saying it would have changed my path, but I wish I'd been more open to when people had represented those different opportunities to me. Thank you, Julia, for your time today. And if anyone wanted to say hello, where can they find you on Red? Uh, they can find me on LinkedIn. I'd love to hear from them. Perfect. I'll put your profile in the show notes. And again, thank you. And thank you to you, the listener, for listening to another episode of the People Digital Marketing. And if you haven't done so, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this episode on. And if you have any guest recommendations, we are taking them. So if you're hearing this today, you can definitely send me a message on Twitter, LinkedIn, what have you. Search Kenny Soto on Google. You'll find me. Uh, send me some recommendations if you have, and we'll do our outreach. And as always, I hope everyone has a great week. Bye. Hey, hey, hey. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the People Digital Marketing Podcast. My next guest will be Justin Parnell. Who's Justin? Justin is the VP of Marketing at Bright Idea. He is a data-driven marketing leader who oversees a full range of initiatives, including influencing business strategy, developing lifecycle marketing plans, and the project management of Bright Idea's marketing overall. We talk about product-led growth. I've had several guests in the past 
cover this topic, but it's always good to have a refresher course, if you will, on what PLG is, PLG motions, PLG go-to-market tactics, etc., which is what we cover in episode 104. He also has good commentary on how the buyer's journey in B2B has changed. So if you work in B2B as a marketer or even as a sales representative in a B2B organization, episode 104 will definitely be for you. So if you haven't done so already, definitely subscribe. And can't wait to have you hear the next episode of the podcast with Justin Parnell coming out next week. And again, thanks for listening. Hey, thanks again for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to submit a rating and leave a review on your podcasting app. Reviews like this help to grow this podcast and get it to more people like yourself. People who want to grow in their marketing careers. If you want to say hello, you can find me on any social media platform by simply searching Kenny Soto. I look forward to hearing from you soon. And as always, let's keep growing together.